Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. We talk a lot about instilling good habits in our children's lives, but what can we do about bad habits that are already in place? That's the question one mama submitted in this Habits Q&A series. In fact, she asked, do you have a step-by-step process to correct old bad habits? The good news is yes. Charlotte Mason gave us a step-by-step process for dealing with bad habits that are already in place. Now here's the key. Don't focus on the bad habit. Focus on the good habit you want to put in its place. Charlotte said, let us remember that this bad habit has made its record in the brain. There is only one way of obliterating such record, the absolute cessation of the habit for a considerable space of time, say some six or eight weeks. But the only way to secure this pause is to introduce some new habit as attractive to the child as is the wrong habit you set yourself to cure. Parents and Children, page 175. So here's the step-by-step process. First, identify the bad habit's root. Second, think of the opposite good habit you want to put in its place. And third, practice that good habit faithfully for six to eight weeks. Now let's talk through those steps one at a time. First, identify the bad habit's root. Charlotte gave an example of a little girl who was constantly listening in on people's private conversations, ferreting out where something was hidden, and happily volunteering to relate everybody's business to everybody else. Here's how she described the situation and how the mother came to realize that bad habit's root. Susie is an inquisitive little girl. Her mother is surprised, and not always delighted, to find that the little maid is constantly on voyages of discovery, of which the servants speak to each other as prying and poking. Is her mother engaged in talk with a visitor or the nurse? Behold, Susie is at her side, sprung from nobody knows where. Is a confidential letter being read aloud? Susie is within earshot. Does the mother think she has put away a certain book where the children cannot find it? Susie volunteers to produce it. Does she tell her husband that Cook has asked for two days' leave of absence? Up jumped Susie with all the ins and outs of the case. I really don't know what to do with the child. It is difficult to put one's foot down and say, you ought not to know this or that or the other. Each thing in itself is harmless enough but it is a little distressing to have a child who is always peering about for gossipy information. Yes, it is tiresome, but is not a case for despair, nor for thinking hard things of Susie, certainly not for accepting the inevitable. Regarding this tiresome curiosity as the defect of its quality, the mother casts about for the quality, and behold, Susie is reinstated. What ails the child is an inordinate desire for knowledge, run to seed, and allowed to spend itself on unworthy objects. Parents and Children, page 177. That's the root of Susie's bad habit, a great desire for knowledge. 
Now, it takes prayer and careful consideration to trace a bad habit back to its root. For example, a habit of lying could be rooted in selfishness, or in a fear of disappointing the parents, or in an overly active imagination. Now, I don't have time to go into all of that here, but you can read more about it for yourself in Formation of Character, beginning on page 77, in a story called Mrs. Sedley's Tale. Charlotte also included stories in that same volume to help us with the bad habits of dawdling, forgetfulness, temper tantrums, moodiness, and sulking. But all of it starts with identifying the bad habit's root. After you've traced the bad habit back to its root, take it in the opposite direction and think of what that trait would look like if it were used for good. In the case of Susie, the inquisitive child, the bad habit had its root in a great desire for knowledge. That's not a bad thing if it's used for good rather than for gossip and prying into other people's affairs. So the new good habit would be to feed her knowledge on worthy studies and help her spend her time learning about that. Charlotte suggested, when the right moment comes, introduce Susie to some delightful study of nature, for example, which will employ all her prying proclivities. Parents and Children, page 177. For the bad habit of lying, the opposite habit would be truthfulness. The opposite of dawdling would be attention. The key point to remember is the principle that you move toward what you focus on. When you're riding a bike on the side of the road next to a ditch, you don't stare at the ditch. If you focus on the ditch, you're going to end up in it. Rather, you focus on the road in front of you. This is where I'm going. This is where I want to be. And it's the same for habit training. Identify that opposite good habit and focus on that. So, step one, identify the bad habit's root. And step two, think of the opposite good habit that you want to put in its place. Then the third step is to practice that opposite good habit faithfully in order to get it established, to get the new neuron path up and running in the brain. Let me give you several practical tips under this step. Tip number one, inspire your child toward the new good habit. Use an example from life or literature to demonstrate what the new habit can do for her. Take a moment of happy confidence between parent and child. Introduce by tale or example the stimulating idea, get the child's will with you. Parents and Children, page 175. Tip number two, try to reduce or eliminate the trigger for the old bad habit if you can. You want to keep the child's thoughts so focused on the new good habit that the old neuron path just doesn't fire. Now, usually there is some kind of trigger or cue that starts that neuron path running. If you can eliminate the trigger for the old bad habit and fire the new good habits path as often as possible, 
that new path will become stronger and stronger as the old one weakens from disuse. In Susie's case, for example, you might keep her supplied with sources of noble knowledge and perhaps keep her beside you, happily occupied and away from roaming about unsupervised and eavesdropping on others. For weeks together, see that Susie's mind is too full of large matters to entertain the small ones. And once the inquisitive habit has been checked, encourage the child's active mind to definite progressive work on things worthwhile. Susie's unworthy curiosity will soon cease to be a trial to her parents. Parents and Children, page 177. Tip number three, aim for no lapses. Try to keep the streak of the new habit going. And if your child does slip back into the old habit, don't scold or shame, but rather demonstrate your sorrow for that child's sake. Your heart is for that child to become the best version of herself that she can possibly be, and bad habits will prevent her from enjoying that kind of growth. It's a sad thing when a person struggles with a bad habit, a habit that's holding her back from being her best self. Share that sorrow, and then encourage your child to try again. Tip number four, pray for your child, especially during those two months, and encourage her to rely on God's help even while she works hard herself. Above all, watch unto prayer and teach your child dependence upon divine aid in this warfare of the Spirit, but also the absolute necessity for his own efforts. Parents and Children, page 176. And tip number five, watch for growth in the new habit and celebrate it. Encourage your child when you see progress. Sometimes when we're in the midst of an ongoing struggle, we don't see the progress we've made. So help your child see how far she's come and encourage her to keep going. You can find all of these great tips and helpful stories and more all gathered into one place in the book Laying Down the Rails. It's the parent's complete reference book for cultivating good habits and dealing with bad ones. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you. In summary, when dealing with a bad habit, keep this principle in mind. Don't focus on the bad habit. Focus on the good one that you want to put in its place. Remember, you move toward what you focus on. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.